0: Man, praise God. I believe we are intent on our belief in that this morning. At least we say, like we are. And I'm praying that God will be glorified as a result of our belief that He is indeed worthy to be praised. Not only is He worthy to be praised, but that we love praising His name. Something wrong with folk. You talk about praising God and they start frowning. Something is wrong with that picture. We ought to be uh, happy above and beyond measure. David said, I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. Are you glad? Yes, it's good to be here today. We have a full schedule today and it's good to be here. and. This is the segment of our service where we consider a word from the Lord. We considered one this morning in our Sunday school class. And the prayer of this leadership is that you will soon see the need, if you don't already, to attend Sunday school and Wednesday night Bible study. I'm promising you that for those who attend, they are learning things that they didn't know. All of us are. And we're growing in our knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And what we've learned in our life, I think, is when you're ignorant, ignorant ignorance is not bliss. You know, when you don't know, people take advantage of you. When you don't have knowledge, people take advantage of you. But when you have knowledge, then you know and you can discern between right and wrong, between godliness and foolishness, between worldliness and spiritual things. And it's amazing that there are adults walking around today who cannot discern between good and evil, right and wrong. Uh, And that's simply because it doesn't make any difference who you are. If you don't know, you simply don't know and as a result, you're at the mercy of somebody. It's good to see all of you today. My prayer is that you come intent on getting what you need to get, that you will let go of whatever your worldly cares are right now, and that you'll focus on the word of God. We have so much to do today that uh, I have already committed myself to being brief this morning, and I, I have people in the audience who've already told me they're going to hold me accountable, too. That if it even seems like I'm going over what I said I would do, they would let me know. And I thank God for you. Yes. Different people have different talent. Some people can tell time real good. And they're good at holding you to it. Thank God for all of you. I love you. And I feel the love that you have for me. I thank God for that. The wise man Solomon says in Proverbs chapter 22 verse six, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. No truer statement has ever been made. This sermon is for those who wonder if they're doing the right things in raising their children. It is, in essence, a preamble, if you will, to our Father's Day message. All right. Next Lord's Day, if the Lord allows. Amen. just want to lay some foundation, some framework for us. The sermon is for those who one day if they're doing the right things in raising their children. Those who are wondering if it will make a difference and whether it's worth the time, the energy, and the investment. And I've simply titled this lesson today, Is It Worth It? Is it worth it? I want to say to you that I unequivocally know that my parents did some things right. And I'm living proof of it today. Now this is not to say that my life has been uneventful. I've been through some things. But through it all, I had some assurances that were planted by my parents that made a difference in my life. I believe that the greatest crime we can commit as parents is to number one, raise our children with no or very little knowledge of God. Number two, To teach our children to get over wherever they can. And number three, to teach them by words or deeds that the world owes them something. Thus enabling them. Or I should say, disabling them to become responsible Christian citizens in this world. This morning I want to share with you what my parents did that worked for me. And I realize that there are those who would say that I'm making a mistake by being personal in this lesson or any lesson. But I will continue to defy that As long as I believe that my personal experiences will help somebody. Paul shared his life story on several occasions. To help people to better understand him and to live better. The very passages that we've been studying here recently regarding Paul's life are proof. That wherever he went, he would tell people about his meeting Jesus on the road to Damascus. He would talk to them about who he was before he met Jesus, how he lived. He talked about his stature among his countrymen and his peers. He talked about the suffering that he endured many times at the hands of Christians who quite didn't understand his conversion. Consider Acts 9, 20 through 31, Acts chapters 22 and 26, Galatians chapter 1, verses 11 through 24, Romans chapter 7, verses 7 through 25, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 33, and Philippians chapter 3, verses 1 through through 11. Those serve as the uh, a summary of the passages we've looked at in the last few weeks concerning Saul and his conversion. And they serve as my justification today for including myself right. in my lesson. Is it worth it? Yes. yes. By all means, it's worth it to train up a child the way he should go so that when he's old, he won't depart from it. It's worth it. But consistency is the key. We can't allow ourselves to be swayed by fads or events whether positive or negative, or by the ever-changing ways of the world. Somebody said, if you don't like things the way they are, just wait a few minutes, they'll change. That's how quickly the world changes. If you don't like what's happening today, wait until tomorrow. They'll change it again. Well, that summarizes the way of the world. Time we get used to something. It changes. Well, our scripture text gives hope that if we start some things at the right time, it will reveal itself in steadfastness, perseverance, and eternal hope if we plant our children's feet in the cement of God's love, when they are old, they will not depart from it. What my parents did with me was not rocket science. And they weren't among the sharpest knives in the drawer in terms of the world's wisdom. discipline. They steered me while I could be steered. And they tied me down while I could be tied down to grow me a certain way. Oh yeah, it's worth it. I want you to understand today that when we allow our children to learn what needs to be learned by any means necessary. And I'm suggesting by that that we don't teach them what they need to know in order to become Christian productive citizens in this world. When we leave that up to them to find out the best way they came, let me tell you what you're doing. We are inviting God to step into their lives with vengeance as he did with Paul. If you remember nothing else today, remember this. We had better introduce our children to God before God introduces himself to them. Introduce them to God while they're young! they run the chance of getting interrupted on a Damascus road in their life. Going to do their thing. Going to be independent. Going to care about everything but what the Lord would have them care about. You're setting them up for an ambush from Jesus on the Damascus road of their lives. There are five things that my grandparents did with me that made a difference and I'm standing here today as proof of it. The number one thing they did was that they expressed their love for me. If you have a child who doesn't know that you love something is wrong at your house. If you have a child, if you're raising a child who doesn't know whether he is loved or hated, something is wrong at your place. I don't care what was going down day by day. One thing I could be sure of, my folk loved me. They showed me more than they told me. those days they didn't say I love you too much. Very conservative in their expression of love but they showed me. They showed me every time dad would get on me mom would always come and assuage my wounds. (laughs) And she'd do it by saying baby don't get on dad's nerves like that. (laughs) You know how he is. (laughs) And I support him. I hate to see you get beat down like that. But I want you to know that he's doing it because he loves you. Spoiled beyond measure. I was the oldest and only grandchild for a while. And a male at that. They gave me everything I thought I wanted. But the things that I appreciate most are the things that you really don't think about. I, I I loved being able to turn the corner coming home from school and smell mama's dinner cooking when I turned the corner. <laughs> oh, that didn't come from everybody's house. There were some homes from which there was no smell. grandmother's cooking. They said, man, y'all had a black-eyed peas for dinner. I said, your mouth. Every day I arrived, she had it just the way it ought to be. Everything that pertained to me, that was her responsibility, she took care of it without missing it, without fail. I'd watch her prepare lunch and dinner sometimes. And the love that she showed while she prepared. She wasn't like some folks today. She wasn't mad while she was cooking. She loved what she was doing. Because she loved who she, who she was doing it for. Oh, I have no doubts that they loved me. They not only told me, but they showed. Me. Yeah. And they showed me they were concerned about my well-being. Yeah. That the things they didn't allow me to do wasn't because they were trying to punish me, but because they were trying to keep me out of harm's way. Yeah. 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 Right. Right. Some of it I couldn't understand at the time, but I lived long enough, thank God to so appreciate yeah. it. Right. And they try to imitate it in what I did, so they loved me. They expressed their love for me, and that made all the difference in the world. They, they disciplined me. Uh-huh. Nobody likes being disciplined. All right. But you know, even I as a child could say when they disciplined me that I deserved. Uh-huh. Because it wasn't that I was doing something that I was ignorant of. When I didn't want to hear what was being said and I mumbled something under my breath, I knew better than that. I was hoping against hope that they wouldn't hear that mumbling as I was walking away. And it just rarely happened that they didn't. They didn't care what you mumbled. that gets your beat down. Yeah. Then I refuse to believe that if you have a child in your home that you as the adult can't control that child. Yes, right. You may choose not to yeah. but you certainly can. Yeah. And you know what? I wouldn't let anybody know that I can't control my five-year-old. <laughs> but what if a smack in the face? It's all right. Come on, they disciplined me while I could be disciplined. See, if you skip one through 14 and start discipline at 15, ain't worth it. out there trying to bend, tie an old tree that's well established? Right. Yeah. They tie twigs, uh-huh. small trees, and they can tie it and make it grow just the way they want it to grow. Well, it's no different with children. We have to start with our children young and teach them what we often take for granted, and that is that they know better. Children don't know better. That's why God has them under our tutelage. Children will do what children do. And the Bible says, what is that? Foolishness. Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. All of us have been children. So we understand that we do some foolish stuff. Uh Well, children are going to do foolish things. But somewhere along the line, There has to be a responsible parent who says to them, in essence, you're not going to do what you want to do. I know you're cute, but you're not going to do what you want to do. You're going to do what I direct you to do. Because, see, if you don't get that handle on them soon, after a while, like I said, they'll be giving you lunch money and telling you when to come home. Somebody is going to be in charge. If you don't take charge of them, they'll sure take charge of you. So they disciplined me and I thank God for that discipline. I didn't have to get it too often because when they beat you back then, they didn't play with you, they beat you. Because they weren't beating you out of frustration. They didn't. My parents didn't beat me because of what somebody did to them. They weren't the kind of people to come home and take out on me their frustrations from the job. When they beat me, it was because of something I did. And their purpose was to leave an impression with me so that the next time I even think about it. You understand what I'm saying? The next time the thought even comes near me, I can say, Lord, no, I'm not doing that one. I almost lost my life last time I did that. You think I'm doing that again? But see, when you go around pulling their ear and thumping them on the head, that's not discipline. That's not enough to make them say the next time, oh, I'm not doing that again. Because all they can see is, well, all she's going to do is thump me on the head. I can take that. All she's going to do is pull my ear or pinch me. Folk, that's not discipline. That's really an outgrowth of your frustration. You needing to do something to them right then. I ask you to think about what you're getting ready to do and whether or not it's good or whether or not it's going to fix the problem. Let me tell you something. Discipline got to the place in my house and out of my house where it took the form of just a gaze. <laughs> and that's because I knew what was after the gaze. Uh-huh. I knew what the look meant. That's right. They told you, look, we can ready to go in church. Yeah. You will sit by me and you will sit still. If you can't be quiet, you will lay your head down here on my lap and go to sleep. But you will not disrupt this service. I dare you. After they told you something like that to disrupt the service. Act foolish if you want to. And they give you that look. You know that look. That says, I will. I'm going to snatch the breath out of you. (laughs) And they meant just that. Now some of you would say that's cruel. But focus reverse psychology. Because if you get them to the place where they don't want to do, they don't want to feel that, then you, you get them to do what you want them to do. That's the purpose. When you do what's wrong, my parents' attitude was fear me know that i love you but if you break the rules of this house fear me because i'm gonna tell you the frame and i'm doing it so that you hopefully will have enough sins that you don't want this to happen over and over and over and over again it worked for me i'm gonna tell you it ain't no fun getting beat naked
1: Hey, how many
0: times they got to do that to you with an extension cord wet? Uh, after that session, I said, Lord, just let me live past this one. I understand now what the deal is. And they didn't apologize for it. They encouraged me. They always encouraged me. They always told me, baby, do your best. And the Lord will take care of the rest. They taught me, we are behind you 100%. As long as you're doing what's right and what's good. And then they taught me what was right and what was good. And they were right there for me. They spent time with me. We had a different kind of home. My mother, my grandmother never worked outside of our home. My grandfather was always able to provide for her, for us, from his work at the steel plant. The steel plant broke him. I watched him go there every day and come home tired to death. Sometimes so tired that he couldn't eat before he fell asleep. Sometimes mama would have to save his food till he got up the next morning because he was just too tired to eat. He wanted to come home and sit down. But sometime before we tuned in for bed, Uh Uh grandma would read a, a Bible story. Or granddaddy would talk to me about the ministry and... What it is and what he was dealing with. And he didn't study the word with me. Uh I took those times for granted. (laughs) But they were training me in the way the Lord would have me go. And even though you know that scripture doesn't say if you train up a child the way he should go, he'll never have to deal with anything. Uh That's not what it Uh says. But between training and him becoming old, you're gonna go through some things. Right long in there. You're going to go through some things. And I went through some things. Some things that took me away from the fellowship of the church for a while. But I'm glad to be able to stand and say today that it was worth it. After all those mistakes and all those years, I'm still here. And I'm still standing. And I'm still embraced by God still planted in the cement of his love and my plan is not to go anywhere. It works when you get old or you won't depart from it. You may leave for a while, you may get weak for a while, but you know what's right. And then finally they took me to church all the time. I'm dead serious, we were there every time the door was open, unless one of us was sick. Sometimes I remember being taken to church sick. Yeah. They just tell me, you ain't have to be there that long, you ain't got nothing to do. We attended Bible classes and worship services and gospel meetings and devotionals and church camps and workshops and prayer meetings. And all of that was to train me so that if I missed, I would miss something. You understand what I'm saying? They got me in such a routine that even today, if I miss that routine, mm-hmm. I can't be all right. Mm-hmm. Something is missing. Yeah. When I get up on Sunday morning and don't worship and study God's word, something is void in my life that day. All right. yes. Because that's the kind of routine they got me into. They got me into a routine that was so routine that I would feel guilty if I didn't carry out the routine. Uh (laughs) I can still see us, as I conclude, walking the path that led from our house to the the congregation. You know about George's place, right? You know right down in there in Earsley off Avenue V? Well, my folk and I had made a path right through there to the back of the church. And it would take us about 15 minutes to walk it. Most of my life, we didn't have a car. We walked. Sometimes it was drizzling. We took out our parasols and walked. Sometimes it was cold. That didn't make no difference at my house. It was, we're going. Yeah. We're go- don't get up with the notion in your mind that we may not go today. I never went and asked my grandfolk when I woke up, are we going to church today? And they never came to me and said, do you feel up to going today? When we went to bed, And eat a good breakfast. Get ready and go on to church. And that's the way it was every time. I don't ever remember them saying, we're not going to go today because it's cloudy. I remember days I wanted to say that. a lot of times that I wanted to go a lot of other places. There were a lot of places I wanted to go. You know what? I grew up in Birmingham. Never went to the zoo. My folks didn't care nothing about going to no zoo. They were like, you got dogs and cats, why out there not play with them? Anything the Lord didn't put in the neighborhood, you don't need to survive. Never been to no zoo. Museum, Mm-mm. You got everything you need right here. But I tell you what they did do. They took me to church without fail. And they didn't apologize for it. And I thank God for it because it's because of him that they stewarded me. May have looked to some like I was down for the count, but God had something else in store. Because it's true that when you train up a child the way he should go, you can take it to the bank. When they get old, they won't depart from it. That's the message to you this morning. Introduce your children to God before he introduces himself to them. If you're here today and you're subject to this lesson in any way, act on your faith and come right now as we together stand.